0: I am curious, you're doing a 30 day podcast challenge with this people and they might roll into your DAO, but like, how would you manage a DAO for your podcast network?
1: Hmm. Well, it it would be sort of like the the, the purpose of it would be so that everyone who's starting a podcast has access to the resources that allows them to do things that are usually kind of cost prohibitive, like having a, an editor and maybe like having a somebody who produces some type of social media content for you or something okay. like that. So there's a monthly fee that everybody okay. pays, you know, mm-hmm. that all sort of comes into the to, to the treasury and then the, the DAO employs some people, an editor, a social media person, maybe it's more than one of those people. And everyone who's a member of the DAO can submit their episodes to get their edited and all that stuff they could submit their episodes
0: but you would you would still have like clients
1: that were not dow related right yeah, yeah. so like the like b2b clients like businesses probably aren't gonna yeah be DAO, right?
0: you know jared and i were talking about something similar and we should probably actually do this with you we were talking like we were riffing the other day like how did we get a ten thousand dollar weekend and It's a question I always ask myself just as an entrepreneurial exercise. Like, how do I make 10K this weekend? And
1: Is that a thing? What would you say? Is that a thing? People make 10K in a weekend?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, especially like workshop-driven and infopreneur-driven, definitely. But the idea that Jarrett and I came up with, I think, is on point. And, Jarrett, I meant to follow up with you. I've got a guy who I soft-pitched our idea to, and he's totally down. Because he said to me, he's a website client And we were talking about his website and we said, listen, you know that he's like, I want my website to generate leads. And I said, you know, like websites don't generate leads like that's not that's not what happens. you got to have a top end of the funnel. And he's like, well, what does? And I was like and we talked about influencers and content. And he said, I would never know what to talk about. And I mentioned my system, a.k.a. Andrew Harmozy's system of using Twitter as kind of your cue card repository that you just dump your brain into. And then once a month or twice a month, you just, you put your camera on, open up your Twitter feed as cue cards, and then like just record. And then you've got your content. And uh, he's like, I would, he literally, I didn't even pitch him. He said, I would literally pay money for someone just to sit here because I don't know how to talk about myself. But part of what we do as podcasters or interviewers as mm-hmm. we get people talking about themselves. Talking, yep. And so and and oh honestly God,
1: I'm following you now. I'm with it. <laughs> so
0: so so a ten thousand dollar weekend simply says, listen, for two K, not including travel, fly down with Jarrett and I to Columbia or to Florida or something that's accessible, maybe Florida at first or Canada or whatever. We gotta get your passport, bro.
1: What's up, Roger? And
0: Yeah, there's right. Oh, there it is. Comments. Yeah, and so then you you charge them two k. They fly down. You hold a mastermind where we talk about business strategies, and then really part of that is like, how do you talk about yourself when you talk about the thing you do, your business, your infopreneuring, your coaching, whatever it is? And people are usually like, I don't know how to wingman myself, so we become their ultimate wingman. Like, have you met my friend Jay? He is the number one Web three podcaster. And the same thing with Jared, he is the number one guy to help people transition from web two to web three thinking, sometimes in coaching, sometimes with their business. And we're like, oh shit, like I never thought, you make me sound so good. And it's like, that's what we do. And so then we download Grant, a bunch I, of think,
1: tweets. I think we already got one customer, Roger. Yeah, Roger's it. like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Roger I just bought tickets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But anyway, so when I think about you and your DAO, I think, wow, there's plenty of overlap there. I could do a little bit of like, how do we structure the business? You could do how you structure content, in your podcast. jarrett has got his brain for strategy. We could just come up with all of that. And then we turn the camera on, give them a bunch of content, drop it in their Dropbox. And you got, would people charge 2k for a weekend? That's, we also do fun stuff. Like let's get down to the ocean or let's go do massages or Kung Fu or something. I don't know. I don't know what you guys would want to do. On a weekend.
2: <laughs> Kung Fu, then massages <laughs>
0: and Kung Fu, then massages. <laughs> but yeah breath work like i'm big right now in health and fitness and like breath work you ever done you ever done the breath work where you actually cause your own dmt to fall uh do you ever do that
1: no okay what is that what is dmt
0: what is dmt it's like like the like when you fall asleep to dream your body drops like micrograms of dmt and basically, it's like an acid trip. You can go take DMT, like ayahuasca or peyote, and actually, sure. like ooh, go on a trip. But there's a breathing method to actually, in waking states, to actually breathe in such a way that you drop your own DMT while you're conscious. So get high on your own supply, is what they say. Yeah. Oh. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah, man, <laughs> maybe we'll introduce like not peyote, bros, and uh, we'll. <laughs> Oh, do, do it, that
2: way. <laughs> it the whole level level Yeah, I think Spotify's gonna ban us before we even put up an episode. <laughs> oh, you see they're banning Andrew Tate? Mm-hmm. Are they for what?
0: I mean, I think you I think Facebook and Instagram banned Andrew Tate's accounts, and then I think and he was getting huge on those, and then he pivoted to TikTok, and TikTok banned him. Um and I think it I think it's around misogyny so and fun. stuff. There's Brian. I think I think it's around a lot of the misogynistic message he has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of extreme, and um, uh, I think he's getting banned everywhere. The only place he's left now is YouTube, and he's got a pretty big following on YouTube. But there's a guy who has made himself famous for being edgy, but he went too edgy. It's hard to be too edgy. I don't know if you followed him at all, but you could look him up. Yeah, I don't cool.
1: think I think you can't miss him. Right? Like, it's everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah, you cannot miss this guy in the least. So, guys, tell me about the Ethereum merge. What do we know?
2: Well, wait, what wait. Before we, be, before, before we get into the merge, which I think is going to take up a lion's share of this hour, oh. Jay, can you – I think I missed – I sorry, guys, I came in late today. I was finishing up a Web2 meeting, as they would say. Um, <laughs> Jay, can you extrapolate more on your DAO idea? I, I want to hear that because I'm always interested about DAOs because my take on DAOs is they're not decentralized, autonomous – or are they an organization? So I, I want to hear how yours are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe mine is less of an organization and more of an association, just like mm. a group of people. And the idea is like, you know, uh, I'm helping a bunch of friends to start their podcast. And when I went through the list of everyone that I'm helping, there's like 20 people on the list. And I thought, and part of the reason for coming up with a, a DAO was like, I was thinking, you know, one thing that's making the whole process take so long is I have to meet with everyone one at a time. And I thought, well, why don't we all just come together and do it together as like a 30 day podcast challenge. Cause if we mm-hmm. work together in 30 days, we can all have a podcast going. And, but then at the end of it, I think we'd still be in the same situation where they'd all have to figure out how to get their podcast edited and figure out how to do social media and all that stuff. Um, but so what the idea was, let's create a DAO where we all sort of pool some money together. Maybe it's like $20, 50 a month. We hire an editor, we hire a social media person. And we just, you know, use the DAO's treasury to, to finance all of the recording and editing and social media stuff for the entire group.
2: Okay, cool. And why, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. You, you know what? Let me play the guy who knows nothing about DAOs and thinks crypto is a scam. <laughs> what benefits <laughs> What benefits does doing it under a DAO, I'm throwing air quotes because I don't believe in DAOs and crypto is a scam, Jay. Sell yeah. me on why I should join this. We should call it a DAO rather than just a group of people pulling money to get to a mission here.
0: Wait, time out. Okay, l- Jay's going to answer this, but I have to do <laughs> A, not financial advice, but for those who just came in, literally it's role-playing so we wouldn't have a troll on the show, the troll Jarrett Carpenter. <laughs> he does believe in this. He is playing the devil's advocate. I'm sorry, Jake, continue.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I mean, it, it's a pretty good question. I, I think what, what DAOs give you is the ability to vote sort of seamlessly w- without necessarily everybody having to be in the same room at the same time. Um, And that, that would be it. Because if you've got a pretty, a big enough treasury, then, it, it comes down to a question of well, like, what are you doing with the money? Like you might start out with audio, with um, audio editing, and then maybe you throw in social media posts and then maybe you want to do video, but not everybody's doing video. So why should we pay more money to do video if only two people want to do video? Like that kind of thing, like having voting privileges through a DAO helps you to figure out what a, what's the, the next step in terms of actions that you want to take
2: so the one thing here's a uh, it was a comment that was left on linkedin the other day when i had my troll hat on and grant thanks for saying i'm not a troll even though i can be a pretty good troll <laughs> sometimes and <laughs> it was somebody saying it was on twitter it was on twitter actually and it said it was a bitcoin maxi so he said if your coin has a ceo it's not decentralized and i was I like saw hmm. this yeah and then i responded if you, it was something about DAOs and basically how it's really weird on Twitter spaces. Cause you'll have this DAO, it will be called the podcast DAO, right? Mm-hmm. But in, so then there's 30, there's 30 people listening, but then there'll be two people who run it. So it's not really decentralized. If you have people that can put other people on mute. Does that make sense? Like in King yeah. Arthur's round table. They wouldn't, it wasn't like 12 knights and like 11 of them are on mute while, while King Arthur talks. He was like, no, we're all equal. So, that as far as Web3 goes, the DAO part and like being able to vote, I think maybe the thing that I see is you could maybe find a way to vote pseudonymously where you don't have to share your identity with somebody. Because I think there are other ways to easily vote if you're not all in the same place using the internet and using technology that maybe aren't part of the blockchain ecosystem so that's where i get really confused with DAOs. like i know constitution down i know nick widmer was facts that's so true i know nick widmer was a was a part of that thanks roger i know yeah. nick widmer was a part of the constitution dow yeah. and i do believe that DAOs are actually going to be the way that like nonprofits are run in the future um, on a on a very big level and eventually like the un should kind of get there on some level that, where yeah. you can just do voting super simply and like this is how congress should probably run but I also think that it's really hard to have something that just is created. Cause if I, cause Jay, like you say, let's create a DAO. It already has a founder, right? It didn't happen. It, it, once you do that, you're like a uh, podcast DAO, it's centralized because you are the one with the idea of putting it forward. Or, so, so maybe, Grant, you, it looks like you're about to, you're, you're philosophizing there. Go <laughs> ahead and, and share your ideas. But I just think it's really hard to just say, you know, we're going to have the not crypto bros DAO. And all of our hundred listeners can join, but we're the only ones that don't have our mics muted. You know what I mean? It gets it gets yeah. weird quick. I think.
0: Well, you know, so I know I know an investment that we're in. Um, they've been trying to raise funds, and they have. They are in the niche for Web three, but their solution is actually a Web two solution, meaning it solves a problem. Picks and axes. We were just talking about picks and axes before you came on, uh, Jarrett of how picks and axes usually become make more millionaires than people digging for gold, right? And there's a lot of people digging for gold as it comes to DAOs, like crypto in general. But as it comes to DAOs, and I think they need to have a bit more integrity to say this is an experiment in a DAO because we need to test the boundaries of what is useful. You know, to, what's that other uh, anecdote to, to a hammer, everything's a nail, right? But mm-hmm. the truth is, is, what Jay's describing is what we you would have called a partnership or a collab or a membership. A group of people come together, let's share the expenses of something and let's just rock this. If I need it, DAOs are made, like you said, they're decentralized and they're autonomous. But if someone even let's say some, let's say Jay is not even the boss, let's say he's got a treasury, he's not even the boss. He did organize everybody. He put the thing together, but he actually, like like a deistic God, set the go button and walked away. And then everyone votes autonomously. They're still going to vote for someone to go hire the video editor and the audio editor, hire the sound people. And so as soon as you hire someone, there's degrees of centrality or centralization because someone is now recipient of the funds and that, that person... Because they're recipient of the funds, they now are recipient of information. Here's my example. Let's say Jay, because he's the network guy, he steps out as the leader, but people come back and go, hey, we trust you. Here's 60K to go buy get all these contractors to come in. Jay comes back to the group and goes, hey, guys, the contractors are asking for another 15K. What do you want me to do? Well, they've asked, they've delegated this to Jay. Jay comes back and say they need another 15K and they vote in the Dow and they go, okay, well, what was missed? Trust. They're just assuming that that fact is true. But Jay actually just wanted to skim 15K off the top. (laughs) Right? And so my point though is, is there's, there's, there's limitations to these DAOs that are technologically driven That I think to your point, Jared, I think they will only ever be executable in reality and very specific micro examples and for limited times. I don't know if you guys know this, but nonprofits were meant to sunset. There was never supposed to be. Uh, These eternal nonprofit 501c3s, you were supposed to, and and when they originally started, you were supposed to say, we're going to start this nonprofit for putting together this local garden. And as soon as the local garden's done, funds get redistributed and we close the thing. Because it had a single purpose and, and and because they knew that the integrity of that thing could only last so long before someone was given 60K and realized I could just ask for another 15k and no one's gonna check. So it is so so when money is distributed, now money is centralized to a degree, and then that centralization uh, it, it could then be manipulated in some degree. So I actually don't know if DAOs will play out over time as an actual valid. Model honestly, because they're just so they're so difficult to execute. I don't think the technology's there. The tech, like a true smart contracts, aren't there, right? I mean, like we talk about the mortgages, but they can't execute because the, all the components aren't in place. So the technology's not there. Yeah. Do you know of a case where smart contracts are in place, end to end, of a of a of a technology?
1: Well, what in, I was going to say in is Dallas?
0: I guess smart contracts in general and a DAO is a very complex smart contract mechanism.
1: Well, I, I do know of some companies that have end-to-end smart contracts for DAOs where it's like the community votes in something, a smart contract get, gets created. And there are people who administer it like sort of you might hire the person and assign them to the smart contract. And then the, whenever they finish the work, there's somebody else who checks to make sure the work is done. They sign off and then the smart contract is initiated type of deal.
0: Now that's interesting. That does interest me. Uh, because like I, I think about the, this example of the con- this hypothetical example of you plus a contractor and you come back and ask for 15K. Well, every element of that's got to be on a smart contract, including this video editor. And they put their quote on the blockchain so they can see the quote. So like to be truly trustless and to, to execute at every step, like every component. But I, I didn't know about what you were just talking about. So that end-to-end DAO thing, I'd be interested in looking at. What are you thinking, Jared?
1: Oh, Jared, go for it.
2: Oh, Jay, Jay, finish finish up. I think you got an idea
1: there. I, I was going to throw in and shout out to, to Roger. He's saying that technology isn't even there for the metaverse. I guess maybe saying that we already have that. But the, the idea is like if I feel like DAOs are going through their PFP moment. You know, like <laughs> Like with NFTs, <laughs> you remember like last year with NFTs, everyone just Moonbirds, baby. I know. Yeah, NFT was just like an image, but it was really a whole lot more than that. And yeah, we, we just haven't really figured out what a DAO is and what it looks like. Because in my mind, there can be headless DAOs where there's no one in charge, and then there can be DAOs that appoint leaders. And so people yeah. won this thing on our behalf. And every once in a while we get an opportunity to remove those leaders and put new leaders in interesting but we'll sort of have to figure that out jack go for it buddy
2: no i i i want to um i want to change the conversation a little bit away from dows because i think we should come back and think more clearly about like examples and it'd be good to have you know a more mm. concrete of example of something that's autonomous from end to end like grant saying like it's all you know quarterly you're going to vote this that and the other Yeah. i if it's okay i want to change the conversation to ai and i know we will talk Ooh. about the ethereum merge but i want to talk about That's ai because cool. some things have been really interesting that have been happening for me personally with ai recently one of them is that this guy Bushi, who actually grant introduced me to and he was on my podcast if you're interested more than blockchain episode 13 he talks about how he's doing a 365 day art challenge and yes. i recently just signed up for the dolly beta type the second beta if you guys yeah. haven't you can go sign up i also i'm going to sign up for the mid journey i'm fascinated by this ai but i want yeah. to show you this image because i bought this nft from him this was day 148 so i'll put it up to the screen so people can see yeah that's the image and i was like okay super cool uh yeah if you want to so nice. i was like okay super cool bushy can fun. you tell me like what you put in to essentially you know what you put into the machine and i'm bringing up my twitter right now because he put in my dms to get this image and he put out the following things i want to read this out and then i want to go on to my bigger questions here about ai and humanity okay so so the prompt was cyberpunk girl wearing virtual reality headset portrait vibrant colors glitch elaborate strange incredible incredible depth wow. concept art lifelike photorealistic imposing 8k resolution Hyperrealism, detailed painting, uh, deviant art, trending on art station, Unreal Engine. And then he said when it came out, he had to touch it up a little bit more to make to make the image look a little bit more human. Interesting. So I will post this also in the Not Crypto Bros LinkedIn and make sure if you are watching this, you are following us. We're trying to crack 150 so we can live from there. Ah, yes. And the thing that I saw more recently that is just absolutely like, I I'm just like this is where AI is already questioning ethical things is uh, I saw on Instagram this virtual rapper and I can't remember his name it's like MKN something whatever it's some acronym and nice follow follow us on LinkedIn at knockupterverse and it says virtual rapper created by white executives repeatedly says the n-word in lyrics Oh, so, yes. Uh, you uh, have this avatar yeah. that is out there, and he just sounds like he just anything got signed
0: you- too, didn't
2: he? Yeah, because they created him and then he signed, and they're just going to use all the basic data that they have now to basically say that this is how this is going to do this. But here's a kind of a picture of him. But I just yes, I I saw wanted, this. I, yeah, I, I wanted to. Here's the picture. This is a screenshot, and I'll put this information up on not crypto bros on LinkedIn. And yeah, I just think that that's exceedingly troubling that they're going to use racial slurs to sell records. Now, before we dive into, you know, the racist angle to this, which I'm sure we could probably discuss for hours, I want to talk about (laughs) how you guys think AI is going to change our world. Because I was recently this past weekend, I was with, I was on a bachelor party and all these guys are in tech and they're all doing something in tech. And we started talking about AI and it was absolutely fascinating conversations. And I just wanted to say, where do you guys think AI is coming up? Are you fascinated at all by the NFTs? Are you interested about how it's going to change hip hop? Uh, Jay, I'm passing you the mic because it's hot. Let
1: me, know, let, me know. <laughs> let me jump in, coach. Let me get in. Let me get in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout out to, to everybody in the comments. Uh, Vic, Victor just jumped in. And, and yeah. de- definitely jump in in the comments. Let us know if you have an opinion on this as well. Yes. How AI is going to affect us in the future. One thing that I've been thinking about a ton is... In the next 40 years, in the next 50 years, there won't be any more human nurses. And I human say that nurses. human nurses. Like this is the, the nurses that are being trained today are the final generation of human nurses. Because nurses. interesting. E, e, even now as we speak, there are companies that are creating... Um, robot nurses right and they 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 look like robots but they give them like um what do you call it like lcd screen faces so that they can actually make like like little cute faces that so that kids aren't afraid of them
2: and they're, they're,
1: they're making this tech today but so so it's all sort of new it's not necessarily in production but you can imagine 40 years from now, which is generally the lifespan of somebody's career. So 40 years from now, this stuff is perfected and it's actually being used in hospitals to the point where there won't be a need to train any more human nurses. And I'm not saying that it's just going to go and fire all the nurses, but eventually nurses become something else, right? Like It was really difficult to to be a nurse, to become a nurse, you know, like 60 years ago and maybe now not so much. You can just go to school and do it you know today it's really difficult to become a doctor maybe 40 years from now maybe not so much like maybe you know if you were a nurse you can transition into being a doctor type of thing but i think the what ai does and machine learning and robotics in general is it takes it takes the space of the low hanging fruit it's work that was once like just sort of really manual that's what it does and then people from from those stations then move up to whatever the, the next station above them was.
0: Interesting. Well, you know, and so a few quick comments here. Uh, Victor's summarizes this same with judge AIs. And in fact, if anything, the judge AIs are interesting compared to nursing because I actually think the role that judges play in society. Are, is far more subjective because the role of a judge is not to know the law and apply it. The role of the judge is to understand the spirit of the law in the moment given a situation. And I don't think – I, I have to counter there. I don't think that humans – just almost like the nurse face being scary versus, a, versus like a very human welcoming face – I think humans are absolutely petrified of the idea of a robot just going, this was a law, let me interpret what happened. I think we like to be able to appeal to a human and say, listen, this is. I know that I shouldn't have jaywalked, but here's what was going on. I was crossing the street because someone had fallen and broken their leg in the gutter and there was no traffic. Oh, well, there's a spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. I think nursing is far more detailed. My example is if some of you might notice, I have two fitness wrist things and I'm testing them out. I've got a Fitbit over here and this thing called the whoop over here. I'm testing them out.
2: What's so funny. I just love it. I love you. You are the guinea pig. I love it. I am guinea pig. A,
0: just like Buckminster Fuller. So, um, when it comes to this though, why do I love the whoop so much more? It has no face. There's no face on it, but the big data is coaching me on sleep medical things i think are a lot more cut and dry so i think you might be right i think the devices are becoming sensitive and for those who are watching you guys i don't even know if you guys know you guys know who ray kurzweil is no they're in music there's a series of pianos called the kurzweil pianos he was an inventor he invented pianos but similarly For Ray Charles, yes, the musician, he invented a scanner that could read text and read it out loud. He was the first what's known as OCR, Object Character Recognition Inventor. This guy was an inventor, made a ton of money, modern. Look him up. He wrote a book called The Technological Asymptote. Google finally hired him as their chief futurist officer. He was unbiable. He was a millionaire already. But he, he wanted access to their quantum computing. So back in the early 2000s, he was hired by Google. He's an interesting camp, but he called he called for GNR. When genetics, robotics, and GNR, nanotechnology, all are at a certain given point, they converge. And we will, what he calls the, the technological asymptote, what a lot of nerds call the nerd rapture, it's when we fuse with computers. <laughs> But these technology and the whoop is already there. It's reading. this can read how much oxygen molecules are attached to my blood right now It knows my O2 levels. And so when you look at that, you're like, I think you might be right as it comes to AR or I'm sorry uh, nursing. I think you might be right, but I think the human touch, I think the unseen component of nurses, good nurses, is their bedside manner. And I don't think you I don't think you'll replace too much of, uh, you have to look where the human touch is necessary. By, well, like by a human, when someone goes, man, that person was awesome. Do you think it's because they knew how to read their chart? I think it was because of how friendly they were. And maybe, maybe they'll separate the roles, you know? There'll be a bit, like, why is there always like a doctor in Star Trek? I've always wondered that. <laughs> you ever watch Star Trek movies? You're like, why is there a flipping doctor here? You know? <laughs>
1: But I I feel, I feel like friendliness can be taught though. Like there there are lots of cultures that we consider to be like unfriendly, right? It, it's something I think that friendliness you can raise. Can be taught. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean
0: I think it can, but I think it's
1: difficult to
2: teach. What do you got your I was just going to say that I think that you're totally right. I love that Victor's like minority report, huge example. You know, you'll get cut before you commit the offense. Um, yeah. I want to call out some of the things. Roger, we are programmable. We have a code. We get viruses. Uh, Syra, if you're still watching, I'd love to hear you extrapolate more in your comment because I also was questioning about your comment. One of the things that Gabriel Garcia Marquez said, they I think, you know, the famous Colombian writer, I believe they asked him about bullfighting. And they were like, is this right or wrong? And they're like, you know, mm. why does the, 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 the method have the right to kill the bull? And he was essentially like, he has the right now. I know that they drug the bull and they torture the bull before the bull goes into the ring. So, you yeah. know, take that into stride. But he was like, basically, only he has the right to kill the bull because he's put himself almost on the equal playing field ready to and you know he could get gored he could be killed therefore he has the right if you are shooting you know with a sniper maybe that you're not putting yourself in the risk there's like some ethical things there that was just this is way back in the day so my, my point being though is that i think this is why ai and what jay is talking about with replacing nurses is really really difficult uh because i think that we we don't we want someone who's at our level who's a human being who can kind of feel and have that bedside manner and then also with victor Talking about the judge, I'm going to extrapolate the bull to the judge. I think you need somebody who's a human, not to just look at like how fast the person was going when they ran the red light. Did they have the right away when they smashed the car that then in the mm. bust up, you know, somebody died. You need that like human ability and empathy to read beyond the data. And I think when I'm thinking, I just constantly think about the bull and the um and the and you know the matador because I think you need. To have someone who's in the thick of things to be able to make that judgment. And in so the judge the is a human, therefore, they're part of humanity, therefore, they can make that judgment. However, I do agree, though, that with Jay, and maybe I've contradicted myself here, I do agree that with Jay, that the bedside manner can be taught. And what Jay was talking about, how, you know, in certain cultures, you know, every culture understands being nice in the way that you engage with them differently. The words you say, how you speak to them, if you're being sarcastic, if you're not, sarcasm is something that can be super, super offensive to some people, but super, super endearing to others. Yeah, um, I was raised in the north of the United States. And when I brought my sarcasm to the south as a college kid, Ooh. I was seen as very, very up. Abrasive and direct. Oh um, because yeah, all sarcasm. You we were has a on a phone call, and you called
0: somebody. You we were and I were talking, and you tore away from the call, and you like this jabroni. And I was like, this guy's hollering somebody yeah, like a New because Englander because the
2: way that you express yourself in New York or Boston <laughs> is different than you do it in Savannah, Georgia, and so cultures <laughs> yes. are different. And so I do yeah, think man. that. You know, if you have the robots in the future, it'll be like, oh, this is the Savannah Georgian robot. Oh, this is the New York robot. Oh, mm-hmm. this is the Midwest robot. And I think that those yeah. things can be compiled when you have enough data. And we have a bunch of comments. So I'm going to pass the mic back to you because I think that they're really good comments. And I have to let my cat out. So this is happening. Oh,
0: my God. Well, <laughs> well uh, Cyra <laughs> says a serious ethical concern for, AI, for the AI performer. And this goes back to your rapper, I think, is the absolute lack of human dignity, historical cultural identity and the empathic bigotry discernment, uh, empathetic bigotry discernment, while assuming that the phenotypic identity of people's historically colonized, subjugated and discriminated against. Now, first off, I want to hang with Syrah, hangs down like she sounds super intelligent (laughs) Um, and she's right. But I honestly, as it comes back to the rapper, for example, I will I will say this. I am shocked that one of the first areas where we're replacing people is in art. I'm shocked, but what we're realizing—it's almost like experimenting with DAOs. We're experimenting with AI, right? And with AI, I don't know how many people know this. AI has been around for a long time. The Google search algorithm has been a form of AI for a long time. The Carfax was one of the Carfax was one of the uh, most earliest advanced pieces of AI, and these are specific AI, right? But what I find interesting, Sarah, is this is actually a reflection of what we really have in real rappers. So it's not a lack of human. It's not, it's mimicking a human. <laughs> Do you guys remember when Microsoft released its AI on Twitter and it became racist in like six hours?
2: No. Oh, what? And they
0: pulled it down. Like this was a huge case study. Microsoft releases and it just became racist. It's mimicking us. So if anything, it's actually matching the community it's in. So Jarrett, maybe you're right. Maybe we'll have a Southern
2: AI. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh sorry, sorry Jarrett. My bad.
2: Go ahead. No, I just, Jay, Jay, if I could, I want to touch on this super simply because I actually, and I was, you know, when you're on LinkedIn, there's certain things maybe you don't talk about. And one of the things is politics and definitely racism. It's really just not the space. And there was somebody put up this thing about, oh, AI is great for music or whatever. It's going to change the way we understand music, how we engage in music. And then I put in that screenshot and I was just trying to, you know, poke the bear a little bit and see what kind of conversation <laughs> I could get started. And the guy who put up the, the post, we started to engage. And one of the things he said was, well, you know, using a, a racial slur for whatever, you know, group of people, this is already done right? And so if yeah. you look at the dynamic of having white executives at record labels and a black rapper though saying it, that to me is different than white executives creating a machine to drive revenue and then that says it. That to me is the distinction that I think is really troubling and
1: it's exactly you think, to what why Cyrus Why do you think says. that's different? Yeah, wh- I mean, why are you saying that? Like, are we treating them
0: like them humans or not?
2: I, I am treating them like humans but I'm saying if, the ra- if, if, if a black rapper in this exact context decides to use that word in his art then that is totally he totally has he or she or they totally have the right to do that but what if when and this really
0: happens so i i grew up i was in orlando in the boy band era and i was actually trying out for a lot of boy bands What?
2: (laughs) (laughs) which one did you try
1: out for Uh,
0: take five my buddy tilky jones look him up he ended up on take five and and a lot of these guys, and so I was trying to hover, but I was never good enough. And I can't dance and can't sing. But here's the point. <laughs> <laughs> they coach them how to be their, their, their archetype. Ooh, Sarah, but Syra calls me out. My point is this. I hear what you're saying. There is, there is like, to me, when you say a white group of executives or elitists anyway, maybe it's rich and poor, not black and white. Maybe it's the rich come up with, hey, we realize that the low class react to swear words, especially if they can resonate with the character. So let's build a machine. However, that has been going on for decades because in the boy band era, they were like corn fed, but they would sit there and coach them. Here's how you use slang. Let, use the N word, use this word. Well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Listen, or like dancing sexy. I, don't, I come from a Christian background. I don't feel comfortable shaking my room. Well, here's how you get it. Brittany, Brittany was curated. Um, uh, the other girl, Christina Applegate, these guys are uh, Aguilera, Aguilera. Sorry. Aguilera. Aguilera. These people are coached to be sexy and quote unquote inappropriate, right? They're coached that way. So it's been going on. But to Cyrus point, precedence is not permission. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. For 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 me, it's just it it's already a bridge too far, and I'm but I'm interested to see how the world reacts, right? I'm interested, you know, if the market and the demand doesn't care, which I don't think they're going to. Like it is what it is, right? But I just think it's super problematic when, especially, this is also hyper focused in the culture of Americana in the United States, where this word has a lot of power. If you haven't grown up here and you you're not sure and you haven't seen that word spark off literal physical violence you may not understand you know, how powerful it is. So we'll, we'll right. see what happens, but I think it's very different if you know, if we're gonna go with this white executives elite and then there's a black rapper who decides to use the word as opposed to white executives creating software that then uses the word because they're trying to profit off that. And it's also just a word that like, you know, certain people, it's code switching. Certain people just maybe shouldn't use. Um, so, but to yeah. get away from this, I want to I want to continue to talk about AI and hit on the point. Jay, I think you had an idea about the AI and art, and that it's interesting that AI came first for the creatives and the creators. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. think, Jay? AI, and I think it already is changing with some of the stuff I've seen with Descript, for example. But how yes. is it going to continue to change podcasting? Interesting. Cool.
1: Yeah, well, I'll answer that. But let me shout out Brian because Brian Norton in the chat, Brian actually gave me um, an AI generated image that I used in a post a couple of times. I was going to say this. Yeah. And a few people actually didn't realize that it was AI generated until I mentioned him at the bottom of the post. I didn't even
0: notice. You said it and it it sent me on a spiral that afternoon. I was like, 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 what is happening? Go ahead.
1: And yeah. So, so he says m- maybe the the difference maker is whether or not the AI comes in a decentralized form. And, and I think that that oh that pretty cool. So um so it's it, whether
0: we come up with a decentralized form of AI.
1: Yeesh. Yeah. So whether or not we maybe we all play some part in in how this AI works. Like the the data that it it sources from is our data, and we determine. How much of that data it gives us, we, we give it. And then, you know, if you give it a lot of data, then it has a lot of your influence. And if not, then it doesn't.
0: Well, isn't that the example of the Microsoft AI that turned racist, though?
1: Like, it is. You know, I, I think, I
0: think mean, it's a
2: mirror. I think AI is a mirror to us. I think AI that, okay that's the best thing. And maybe that's why it's so jarring when you see the, you know, the executives create this thing that then uses a word that maybe they'll never use in public, but now they're making profit off of. Maybe that's the thing that's so jarring, right? The things that we least like in life are the things that most reflect things we don't like about ourselves Mm. or or aspects about our environment that maybe we're not exactly down with. So I think that's a great point. And I'm like when AI comes
0: up, it's like raising a kid, and this kid grows up and at the age of 12, he turns to you and says, fuck you, dad. And it's like, wait a minute, where did you learn this? And you're like, you bitch, like, like this, is how, this is how I survived. And then of course I got my first, not my first, I got one of my later ass beatings because I was saying things I had heard my parents say and they had to adjust my attitude on, well, that's not right. And then they, and it was only at that moment that my parents really leaned in at trying to shape the future by shaping me and realizing, oh wow, we've got to really govern ourselves, right? So I hope we don't learn that late because by age twelve, AI is going to be running the place, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you were getting at something though about podcasting, and, and we kind of went a little bit. Where were? Could you shape your question to Jay a little, a little more detailed so we understand where you're going with AI and podcasting?
2: Yeah. Before I do, do we want to? touch on cyrus comment um oh here we go there are projects decentralizing ai for ethical accountability exactly what we're talking about tracing the origin of bias on the blockchain etc i post about it recently sorry if you have that link please do us a solid and go ahead and drop it in the chat so everyone else can can get at that because that you know these are the things that are really going to be fascinating to see how we shape ai to then shape the world that we want Uh, in many ways that, you know, if, if you take too many parameters off it, like you said, Grant, it may just reflect the society that we already have, but, but I don't know. But thinking about podcasting, I guess, Jay, I I know that we've spoken off mic, the three of us, and we're all very into content creation. We find audio to be an amazing medium to get in touch with people. And I guess I'm just seeing in the future that with stuff like Descript and Grant and I played around with uh, Synthesia a little bit. Yes. You're going to be able to basically just take anything and turn it into a podcast. Like the fact that the Bible isn't already a podcast blows my mind. And there's a billion dollar idea. Go ahead and do Bible podcasts. <laughs> someone just reading, reading
1: it? The Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That exists. That exists. We're, we're that exists just... But
2: the entire thing, the entire yeah. thing. It's got okay.
1: to. Every day you read like a chapter or something or a couple of chapters. And then, I mean, you, you don't
2: get... read, but somebody reads it to you.
1: Some, someone reads it to you. Yeah. And you get through Holy the Bible in cow. a year kind of thing. Yeah.
2: So exactly, taking any text and putting it, and I guess maybe this isn't that crazy because, like, book you know book on tape here, but like in yeah. the future, I just think there's going to be more and more podcasts that are going to be created by AI. Yeah, uh, I was yes. sent. Th- yeah. yeah, and so Jay, do you want you want to speak on that?
1: Yeah, the, the, those already exist. I I was reading that there's one guy who's doing it. I can't remember his name right now, but the whole podcast is based on AI, where he's using like you know those um. Those generators, like what, it, like Javis and, and yes, those ones that I've help seen you sharks, create yes. content. So he's got AI that's doing the voice and AI that's creating the content. And all he's doing is just giving it the prompt. And it comes up with the entire podcast and just puts it out just like that. But then there's some other AI that's doing some cool stuff around the voice. So think of it this way. Like if you go to listen to your favorite podcast and there's an option in the podcast player That says, whose voice do you want to hear this in? Do you want to hear it in Barack Obama's voice? Oh
0: my god! Martin
1: Freeman's voice. You know, like you can change the voice at at will as it's going through it. Holy shit! So, so here's my question.
0: And, and you know, we want to talk about so much other stuff, but I think that this is super important, especially to those watching, because I think those watching, like Sarah or Syrah, she posted her link. She's a content creator. AI is writing papers right now, you know? So, like, what does it matter if she writes this article? Well, right now, we can generally, barring Jay's blog uh, image, we can generally tell when something is AI versus not. It's shocking that this digital art that Bushi is doing is like, wait, what? Like AI is supplanting art at a rapid clip. I have a friend, Brock, Brock McKean, one of the smartest cats I know, like, like smart dude. And he's working on all kinds of stuff. And if I have old Christian friends that are like, man, they're going to put us in FEMA camps and that's his quackery not, not in Brock's. Those are my old friends quackery. Brock is to that extreme, but about synthetic media. And he believes that synthetic media is, it's the first time I heard that term was from Brock. He said, this is the existential crisis of our period. He correlated it to an old 90s movie called Wag the Dog. Have you guys heard of it, Dustin Hoffman, where they produce a movie or they produce a war? This is before even real CG that we know about it today. Basically, the US government Go go check it out on IMDb. Wag the dog. The, the U.S. government hires a world-renowned producer to basically produce a war. And he doesn't know he's producing Oh, oh
1: I've seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen and, it.
0: Fascinating. And this is pre-AI. And, and my friend Brock's take on this is at the push of a button, world leaders could start wars just like Bushy typed in cyberpunk chick 8K. Someone could then go, okay, I want a storyline that lasts six months long, headline media's video production, and we can't tell the difference. My question to you two and to those watching, is this truly the existential crisis that our species is going to face in the next 10 to 20 to 30 years? Or are we going to tell the difference like a judge with AI? Can we tell?
1: There'll be AI that tells the difference. So. jesus christ My jiminy cricket ai we're like this
0: motherfucker's fake so am i
1: you <laughs> know that company that's doing the um the quantum computing quantum the like big quantum computers uh is it dspace d d base i forget there, 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 there's a private company that's not google not amazon not any of those i think
0: companies. i know the one but i cannot firebase no mm. No, that's a I, group don't,
1: group. I don't know which one it is. I feel like it's like DBase, but they, they they basically they commercialized their quantum computers and they've started shipping them either last week or this week. So oh, you, you wow. can imagine that if 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 we have quantum computers, there'd be people who are using it offensively, but then also people are using it defensively as well. So trying that's to a uh, mm-hmm. that's I, a great point. It's an arms
2: race. I grant you talk about existential crises for humanity. I think it's some mix between the digital world and what we're going to do with everything that we've talked about, especially with AI, with quantum computing, how that's going to change things. There's a lot of people that say, Oh, I'm not going to buy any crypto because quantum computing is just going to totally mess that up. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be able to like undo the Bitcoin blockchain at which point, you know, could be up to multi-trillion dollars in market cap. But the thing I think is, People's separation and disbelief in what's actually happening in the real world—not the. Let me not say the real world because that's subjective and our realities are different. The physical world. What I mean is our lakes, our oceans, uh, our ability yes. to get water yeah. is the thing that I that keeps me up at night. If anything, it's not AI. I think humans AI just will be just be a, Wi-Fi and water. Yeah, my podcast before it changed into more than blockchain was taught was was that, and that's because. Um, having spent years and living in communities where there was no electricity or any water you see really quick uh, how important water is and if you're listening to this and you're sitting in a room and you have electricity on and you know I'm in the kitchen I have the water right there and I'm on my phone you know it's privilegecom over here so my thing in the future is how the leaders are going to get us to think that there aren't natural disasters happening or that any of these things actually aren't happening because they can, you know, wag the dog and they can create an entire simulation where we kind of don't know. And it goes back to Roger Williams's point, which is like, yeah, we're already all programmed because in a world where we don't think that the climate crisis disaster is real, even if, you know, there's like a a tsunami happening outside. Right. And I'm in Florida or something. hurricane or tsunami and i'm in here and like i'm listening to my whoever it is that i believe to go get information they're like it's not real everything you're seeing is a you know it's just a total thing and there's ar stuff going out you know the point being i think that it's the mix of the physical and the digital world where those two collide that as jay's saying they're going to be people doing offense and people doing defense but it's Mm -hmm. like when a leader is telling you that something that's actually happening in the physical world probably tied to water in the next 20 years Uh, you know, like, Oh, we're not running out of water when we actually are. That to me is where it gets weird. And also the ability to now, you know, there's going to be maybe in this upcoming election in the United States in 2024, we're going to really run into problems with people being able to, and I'm blanking on the actual name, but where you just, you know, show Donald Trump or show Joe Biden or show whatever political figure. Deep fakes. Thank you so much. Deepfakes. Once we get into a world with deep fakes and quantum computing and everyone has a quantum computer, like many people now have laptops, we yeah. are in a crazy world. Um, and-, well, and this was Brock's point.
0: He said, he his concern wasn't just, it was on one side, their ability to incite. That's one problem. But on the other end, the ability to deny. That wasn't me. That was a deep fake. Track it. That wasn't me. That was a deep fake. Now, maybe blockchain and this might be where attribution and blockchain can actually serve a humanity purpose mm. where content origination is required to be on an immutable ledger. So you could say, well, Donald Trump or heck, you know, I saw Obama. He came on and actually told me to go swarm January 6th too. It wasn't just Trump. And Obama's like, I didn't do that. And Trump's like, me neither. And it's like, oh shit, how are we going to trust reality? So trustlessness has become like actually the same word, meaning I don't trust anybody. And it starts to become sketchy. But you're now, the technology truly isn't there for attribution yet on some of this content. So how do you, I mean, how do you use, I mean, we're speculating, but how do you guys process how you're going to govern yourselves. Like, what do we do? What's the best course of action for us today to prevent from ourselves being manipulated like this, I guess is what I'm getting at.
2: Well, I think first and foremost, there's very few people that are probably sitting around and alive talking about this at this exact moment. (laughs) I think conversations (laughs) of AI and quantum computing are really, really privileged conversations uh, in a world where 2 billion people are you know food insecure and i think no it's like 101 billion people are food insecure and 2 billion people have problems with getting water yeah. so uh but you're totally right uh you know in the blockchain world it's not it's don't trust verify so i think things like mirror i think it's mirror dot xyz mm-hmm. is going to uh-huh. take over things like medium where okay. you're going to be able to say oh so and so wrote this because i can go back and trace it to their wallet right i can either scan it and figure out that they wrote it and then you're going to you know put things on the blockchain uh and there's in the end only going to be a certain amount of trusted blockchains for certain things to, for the exchange of goods and ideas. So Mm. I'm not really sure, but I I wanted to share this idea with you guys because we're all content creators and there's many people in the chat that I see that are also maybe creating content, whether it's on LinkedIn and a podcast or whatever. The conversation I had with this guy this past weekend at this bachelor party. And like I said, he's into tech, he's a coder. Uh, We have, we have these conversations a lot, honestly. He said, You know, I know you got your podcast and that's cool, but what happens when creating content, whatever it is, is just a click of a button from AI and then does like, what's going to happen? And my response to him was, well, we can already do that in some sense, because in the nineties, creating video content was going to be so difficult. You need somebody with this big camera. You need the VHS then to edit that. I don't even, I actually don't even know how you would do that. And now I just take my phone out and everyone's a TikTok star. Yes. So do you think that there's always just going to be those one to 2% of people that are going to create the content and another 98 to 99% is going to look at them? Or are we going to get to a place, as he's saying, where there's just going to be so much content and it's going to be so easy that the idea of content just kind of loses its value? What, what do you guys think on that? Jay,
0: you're the man. You got. I have some of my own thoughts, but I think you're the more experienced yeah. one on some of this. Go ahead.
1: I think in terms of what you're saying, Jack, we'll just kind of keep moving the bar forward. You know, so like video is what we're doing right now. And that's pretty easy to do. But then the next thing to do is create worlds in the metaverse. And then like as as we sit here right now, we can't think of like what happens after the worlds in the metaverse. But, you know, 20 years from now, 40, 50 years from now, we'll we'll know what that next thing is. Yes. So we, we just keep kicking the can a little further down the road.
0: Yeah. And to me, I I, this is exactly the direction of my thoughts. You know, we I, I keep emphasizing and I and I can't emphasize enough that we now have the Internet to watch the adoption bell curve happen front to back. We haven't had that since the early 2000 or up until the early 2000s. And we had no real technological revolution, except maybe like the iPhone. And from that, like iTunes and podcasting and some of that came along and social media in general. But like Web3, we've all sat down, eaten popcorn and watched the adoption bell curve happen. I think, um, I don't think we're early. I think we were early, which means we're ahead. And like, like, I think we need to change this language. Oh, you're early, early. No, you're not early, but you're still ahead we're i think people like us we're not necessarily innovators i don't i don't think the three of us are innovators i think people just before us were the innovators mm-hmm. i think we're the early adop- the early part of the early adopters people watching podcasts are the late part of early adopters and so like thinking of that adoption bell curve whether it's ai whether it's these existential crises you're talking about jared or or what we're talking about now content creation i think we will continue to experiment with either channels Mediums or niching. I think that we have not seen the degree of niching that will happen in the next few years. Like, I think it'll I think it'll boil down to this. People will go, people will have niches that like, I don't just like Grant. I've seen his show on Monday mornings. That's not enough. I like the niche of Grant plus J plus Jarrett. Like they will they will niche down into like human. I tell people there's no such thing as like logo brands anymore people want to see faces uh, but I do think Jay's right I also think we can't fathom it but it is human nature to move that bar
1: yeah yeah I, I, I see you see it happening already right like with the um, those late night talk shows like back mm-hmm. in what like in the the 80s even in, in the 70s they they had millions, tens of millions of people watching them, and then today it's like maybe it's le- it's less than five million because they, they've yeah. sort of just niched down. People have found other niches to, to to find the same content that they like. Yeah, it's just it's gonna continue to happen. We, the Daily Show about, with
0: John Stewart yeah. kind of showed that, like the 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 Late Show model was like you're saying, and then people were kind of going, eh, now what? Then we, had the, then we had the Daily Show with Jon Stewart. And then take it further, we had the Colbert Show. It was like parody upon parody. And, but that was the type of niching that people were realizing, I don't just want the news. I want something more specific, more nuanced. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you raise a really good point. I think it's just going to continue to get narrower and narrower. That's interesting. I mean, like we're talking about doing other pillars of content, right? I mean, we're talking about doing small business because we're realizing now that we've spent so much time in this, we're realizing, well, and I meant to float this question to the audience and maybe we'll talk about it next time. But like, what were you doing before crypto? Why crypto? Well, because I was looking for the next frontier, right? I was looking for where to make money next, I guess. I don't know.
2: Here's but. a here's a question for you guys. And so interested. Everyone also in the chat, please, please leave a message when you hear this. Do you think in 20 years, so 2042, they're going to be like, wow, this dude still has a Bushi. Now, maybe Crypto Bushi turns into something big, which in that point, his brand would give credence to the value of the NFT. But do you just think having an AI-created NFT in 2022 as I now have, and I think Jay has one or some digital art, if you could have digital art core, if it's on the blockchain, I think for verification purposes, as far as like it's a timestamp of when you actually had it, when you acquired it, do you think people will look back and be like, holy shit, He's got an AI from 2022 because in my mind, yes, just like when you find, you know, uh, cave paintings from 200 BC, (laughs) they're like, Holy crap. The first expression of this medium of art. So Oh, and S- Sarah. Sarah's name is pronounced Sarah. Man, we've been sorry. butchering that. She's <laughs> got the I in there and it doesn't say it's silent. We're sorry, Sarah. <laughs> but do you guys think that there's any credence in that? Because that's where my mind goes. I'm like obviously super excited to help Bushy. This is my second piece of art that I've I've gotten to him, but it says no one's talking oh. about AOL anymore. But oh, assuming shit. that the blockchain isn't going to go away and it's going to underpin what we're doing and AI will continue to be a thing, you know, in the future, we're not – gonna call it ai we're just gonna call it i'm going to google or i'm going to wherever you know or i'm gonna go i'm gonna go create art this afternoon and then that's how you're gonna do it And you're gonna edit it on photoshop kind of like bushy did but what, what do you guys think about that and or is there value in amassing a couple pieces of artwork now from a financial standpoint once again not financial advice but we are on the forefront of all of this of blockchain and ai so you can create it on ai you can throw it on blockchain what do you guys think that's a good question, Jay. What do you think, bro?
1: Uh, so shout out to Brian. Like, he's he's enjoying the conversation, um. But it, you know, like uh, to to your point about what's gonna happen in twenty years. Like, if you pulled out a Game Boy today, do you remember like the old Game Boys, the big bricks? Oh, yeah. I not like, only remember it, I dream <laughs> about it. Makes, me, be, <laughs> that, that, makes me that would be amazing. Like, oh man, you got a Game Boy, dude. What are you doing? You know, it it, it it still has some amount of status. Like I, I still got my Blackberries. You know, if I tell people I still use Blackberries, you get the same kind of, maybe it's not worth anything, but it, 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 you get something out of it, right? Uh, I think so, it's the same thing with, with, with NFTs.
0: I, I think it's subjective because the, the examples you gave, including um, whoever countered with the AOL example, I think it depends on brands. So going to, for example, the Bushi, if Bushi makes a brand for himself or if, like many artists, he passes away and someone discovers his material and they think you have – I don't think it will matter about AI because technically it's not AI. It's an, a cyborg piece of art. A cyborg piece of art is the human-computer mix. AI didn't just wake up and go, I'm going to
2: create art. Mm-hmm.
0: It took the right, human it, input.
2: It needed that input. And, and the reason why – all right. Well, Jay, first of all, I want to call it your BlackBerry. I have an iPod upstairs, and for the next episode, I can get it. It's the second generation, and it still turns on, holds about 40 minutes of uh, oh! juice, and I can still play songs off of it. Um, and it's the one that has the wheel that was the first touch wheel, not the first one. It's the second generation. I remember the, the four touch buttons, wheel. Yeah. And it, it was orange. It glowed up. It's a super beautiful-looking machine. Obviously, now you yeah. take it out and you show kids, and they would use it as a paperweight, if not a doorstop. But <laughs> – um, I agree it is cyborg, right? Cause it didn't wake up, put all those things together. Bushy put those things together on the hunt for an image that he had in his head. Now, whether that replicated it or not, I don't know. And Brian says, yes, early AI art pieces in, in parentheses, the good ones will be seen as being highly collectible and valuable. I've been thinking about the ones with glitches that demonstrate lack of coherence will be particularly interesting because AI will get so damn good. I yeah. completely agree, uh, uh, and that's why interesting. The, interesting the piece that I have here. I'll show you again. I mean, it, it, this maybe doesn't have the glitches, but it's not like you know there are issues with this image. Now he touched it up to make more to make it look more human, but uh, that's I'm along the lines of what Brian's saying. I'm saying in however many years people we are going to look back and be like, wow, that was in the first. You know, uh, Dolly had just dropped and you got that right after. Similarly to how, when I tell people I was one of the first, I don't know, 10 to 20 million people on Facebook, they think that's crazy. But I was. I happened to be in university at the time Facebook was coming out. So Jay's the same. It was facebook.com slash user slash a bunch of numbers, but it was like, I don't know, It's Like
1: gray, a gray background, and yeah, your attack, you know? y-
2: yeah. I'm just talking about the the unique identity. Like the URL was yeah. just numbers, and then they changed it when they started creating content creators and the pages and all that. But there's yeah. some value to that, you know. And I do. So I'm just putting it out there, not financial advice. Go look up some NFT people, some artists, yeah. or creators, or whatever, and maybe think about buying. one. Cryptobushi Bushi is obviously low hanging fruit. I really he knows you do. many of us. Um, so yeah. Two-part question. You, you asked a
0: two-part question. Do you think it'll be valuable and not financial advice? Should people be accumulating art? I've studied the, um, the business of art uh, collections briefly. And the number one response was, I had no idea what was good. I just collected stuff I loved. And I do think that whether it's NFTs or crypto art or DAOs, because they have so many varieties of uses, it does increase statistically the possibility that something has a use. Who would have known pudgy pigeons uh, or pudgy penguins would get to where it's at today? With a cra- like, it's got meta execs on its board now. I mean, it's like a it's like a big deal. Hasbro is on its board. Who would have known if I would have minted? I remembered when the mint for pudgy penguins came out. I was like, that's ridiculous. It's out. I do think you need to accumulate, but the anthropologist in me knows that when like humans mechanism, literally it's, it's, uh, it's limbic system when it has a large volume of inputs, it starts devaluing, literally devaluing the volume. So you talk about volume of content and what it then starts to look for is either security or status. And so maybe an NFT will go. Well, maybe you'll need a, an H2O DAO NFT to get water. Well, I'm going to acquire the shit out of that, right? Um, and so buy the NFT now and we'll hoard water and you're good. Survival or status. Bushi builds a brand or DALI gets retired. And if you have a DALI generated piece of art like your iPod, I think we will look for status. And so, I, in status, why status? Because status also accomplishes survival. If I'm hanging with Jay Z, boy knows I'm going to get water. Right. That's
2: why I hang with Jay Z, and I don't take the 500k. And y'all keep <laughs> y'all keep hating on me. Y'all keep hating on me. <laughs> the status, baby. Me the and status. Young status.
0: And so, because we're getting a wash in content, I think authentic human content will become more valuable because AI content will just, there'll be tides and tides of it. And I think people will want more personality driven stuff that they can connect with. But I do think that what will have status, it's hard to say what will have status. So, the second part of your question go collect awesome stuff,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: stuff that you yeah. love.
2: Yeah, man. I yeah, love that's good. I love this piece by Bushi, and I'm actually going to. If you guys, we're we're a little over. If one of you wants sure. to start doing shoutouts, and I can finish. Let's the do shoutouts, outs, man. I'm gonna drop in Bushi's OpenSea into the chat so everyone can go get a go get a look.
0: Yeah, definitely, Jay. Why don't you start us with some shoutouts, man?
1: Hmm, I didn't I didn't prepare for it, but I've I've already shouted them out a bunch of times. My, my buddy Brian, who uh, who sent me that uh, AI image for my post, I feel like when I'm doing posts, that's where. I run into that issue a lot where I've got to create something and there's no image that represents it. Like one time I needed to create something around like podcast ads. Like what's the visual for a podcast ad? Like maybe Mm. and that's, I think, is maybe the kind of thing that AI is able to come up with, right? Mm -hmm. So shout out to Brian. So Brian's been doing a whole bunch of posts about Dolly too and just showing off what it can do. Um, and I think a lot of that stuff is eventually going to be more common for us, right? So instead of Mm. having to go out and snap the shot of the, the supermodel to, to, um, you know, uh, for, for your, your clothing line or to, to show off your, your, product line, you just, you know, type a a couple of keywords into a computer, like, like Crypto Bushi is doing, and you'll, you'll get the, the image that you're looking for. Mm. coming along soon soon enough oh, soon,
0: soon enough and for those uh for those uh looking for it check in the comments jared just posted everyday bushy not a sponsorship You know, not financial advice. We just happen to know Bushi and we've had an affection for his work for sure. And then you can check out Jarrett's episode where he interviewed Crypto Bushi's experiment. Shout out. Um, What shout outs do we have today? I mean, honestly, I saw Pudgy Penguins and a shout out to Pudgy Penguins for defying my assumptions about them. Um, I don't own a Pudgy Penguin. I think the floor is over three ETH right now but they just had huge announcements about their board. This is, and there's a Dow involved. So props to them. Uh, Brian real quick. Brian does say thanks for the shout out big time, but I do. I know it sounds cheesy and a little bromancey, but shout out to you guys. I really look forward to the show every week. I really appreciate. And, and for those who don't know, we've never met in person. And I think we're going to keep that going as long as possible. <laughs> But I really appreciate us breaking ground on some stuff that I think actually affects my investments. It affects how I gauge myself in the business environment. It affects a lot. So I really appreciate you guys. So shout out to you guys. Jarrett, take us home. What are your shouts today?
2: Yeah, the shout outs is obviously for everyone in the chats. I think we've had a good discussion. And I know we want to talk about the ETH merge, but we yes. can put that off no, only about two more chat. weeks before it happens. So we will yeah. eventually get to that. Uh, Fidel Gomez, we are finishing up, but we will, if you bring that question to the next episode, we'll definitely talk about it because I don't think an episode goes by where we don't talk about NFTs or tokenization. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and follow us on Not Crypto Bros on Twitter, YouTube, and definitely on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, please find our page, Not Crypto Bros. And like us, we are trying to crack 150. So that way we can live stream directly from our page. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out if you have any questions, please follow us, add us on LinkedIn. Let's keep conversations going. We don't it doesn't need to just be one, one hour a week. And um, mm. we will see everyone next week.
0: See y'all next week. Thanks for being here. Have a great day.
1: Bye.